Hello, this is Shirley, and we're recording our slidecast slash podcast for week 11 in Nursing 330, the anus, rectum, and prostate. Some of the relevant history uh, for this system, you want to ask about usual bowel habits. You don't want to let them get away with saying that they have the daily bowel movement. You need to find out exactly when their last bowel movement was also need to look at any change in their bowel habits. Uh, recently, uh, you want to ask them about the consistency of the stool, if there's any blood in the stool, if there's any rectal bleeding, any medications they might be on, uh, any pruritus itching in the area, what their diet is, especially the fiber content, when their last rectal exam was, uh, any blood in the stool, any hemorrhoids, family history, especially of colon cancer, history of colon disease, or um, the last PSA uh, for men. This slide just shows a picture of the internal structures of the rectum. Uh, and you can see that there is the, the, exter, the sphincter that's um, located just below the surface. Uh, and then there is a smooth um, area of, of uh, epithelial cells uh, right inside the rectum. The rectum uh, right above this picture makes a, a quick right-hand turn um, into, the, um, uh, into the rest of the colon. The anus, um, you want to inspect the anal area. You, it, sh it is normally moist and hairless. Um, if there's hair in the area, you do want to assess them for pyelonidal cysts which is a cyst that, uh, that is develops at the end of the spinal column when the spinal column doesn't completely close uh, during the embryonic stages. Um, the anus should have coarse folded and highly pigmented skin. In other words, it's darker than the skin around it. I know that um, anal bleaching and anal waxing have become much more common nowadays than they used to be but it is normal for um, this area to be darker in, uh, in uh, color. Also for it to, uh, the, the area inside the anus should be hairless, but there may be hair around the outside. If there's hemorrhoids, they will usually show up as shiny blue or purple sacs. Um, a fissure is a split in the skin, with, and the anal fissures can be very painful. And a fistula is an opening in the skin um, from a, it's an opening between two uh, areas that shouldn't be connected. So in this instance, it's an opening between the uh, inside of the anal canal and the skin. A prolapsed rectum looks like a red donut shape um, hanging out of the, uh, of the anal opening. When you go to palpate the anus and rectum, be sure to use uh, lubricant and gloves. Don't try to do this without lubricating your finger. You can injure um, a person. The tissue in this area is uh, delicate and sensitive. Um, you want to insert your index finger into the anus and rotate it to palpate the rectal wall. Um, you should note the tone in the anal sphincter. If, it, if the anal sphincter uh, is too tight in order to insert your finger, don't force your finger through. Again, you can uh, injure them. You want to uh, use this little reflex that the anal sphincter has. You can tap it with your finger and then it should relax and you can, uh, can insert your finger through there. 
You want to assess for the prostate gland. Now, of course, men only have prostate glands, and the uh, way it is assessed is through a rectal examination. You would a either have the man lying, uh, side-lying position, uh, usually on the uh, left side with the right knee extended over the left knee, or you can have a person who is uh, uh, um, steady on their feet can stand and bend at the waist using an exam table or a chair to uh, protect their balance. Um, you would insert your finger, index finger, into the anal uh, canal and you would um, palpate the prostate uh, through the anal canal. The prostate itself is a small organ, only about 2.5 to 4 centimeters. It's um, usually described as being basically walnut-sized heart-shaped and it should be smooth. It should have a consistency that's rubbery and elastic, sort of like a super ball, firm but elastic. Should be slightly movable and it, it is a little sensitive but it shouldn't be tender, it shouldn't be painful when you palpate the prostate gland. This uh, slide gives you some pictures of uh, the internal um, rectal and uh, male anatomy. The last picture on the slide here shows you the location of the of the prostate in relation to your finger during a rectal exam. You don't want to force your finger in into the uh, any farther up into the rectum in order to feel the prostate. Uh, the prostate is a small organ. You should just feel it when you uh, insert your finger. You should not be able to feel the entire organ. The top that you feel should be that heart-shaped uh, feel. There should be a heart shape uh, to the top of it, and then there should be a little valley in between called the central sulcus. Um, so you should feel a heart shape on the top with a little dip in between the two sides of the heart shape. Benign prostatic hypertrophy is a condition that often occurs in older men. Um, no specific age, but usually after about 55, uh, men start to notice some uh, enlargement of the prostate. The gland uh, enlarges, and but it does remain smooth. It uh, remains in consistency uh, the same as the smaller, normal-sized prostate. It just increases in size. Unfortunately, when it increases in size, it does impair urination because the prostate gland surrounds the urethra. So when it enlarges, it puts pressure on the urethra, makes it more difficult for uh, the man to urinate. Uh, these men have difficulty initiating a stream, and they have trouble with hesitancy, so they have to stand when they urinate. This can be important because I know when I used to work in ICU, we would hand our male patients a urinal and say, I need to uh, monitor your urine and you're not allowed out of bed, so just use this and I'll measure it when you're done. And then I'd come back in an hour later and find the guy laying on the floor because I didn't realize at the time he couldn't urinate laying down. He was too embarrassed to tell me that. And he tried to climb over the side rails in order to use the urinal. Be sure to address that issue with your patients. Make sure they understand that you'll help them stand if they need to stand. For someone who's on bed rest who can't urinate laying down, if it's that important they remain on bed rest, then they'll need to be catheterized. If they can stand for a short period of time, then make sure to ask them for that to tell tell them to ask for help so that you can help them uh, up so that they do not fall as a result of trying to urinate in a standing position. 
Um, an enlarged prostate can impair their, their sexual function, um, and any hard, irregular nodules uh, may indicate malignancy in a prostate exam. This slide shows some pictures. The first picture up in the upper left-hand corner is a normal-sized prostate. See, it's got the opening for the urethra. It's a tight fit in there, but it doesn't interfere with, the, with urination. The bottom picture on the left-hand side shows an infected prostate, such as someone who might have prostatitis. Um, this could be an old or a young man. A prostatitis can um, be can happen all on, on its own. It can be secondary to a STD or to urinary tract infection or to any other kind of systemic infection. But you can see that an infected um, prostate enlarges and it uh, uh, pretty well closes off that uh, urethra, causing difficulty with urination. In the upper right-hand corner, you see uh, a benign prosthetic. Um, High, uh, benign prosthetic uh, prostate, where the prostate is, is enlarged, um, but basically kept the same shape and same consistency, and again, it does not narrow the urethra. And the bottom on the right shows you what a malignancy may look like, where in this instance, we have basically a normal-sized prostate, but we have a malignant tumor in it. And again, the prostate itself is normally smooth and firm and elastic. So any bumps or lumps in a prostate are uh, abnormal and are signs of, uh, of uh, malignancy. Um, since you're doing a rectal exam, you may end up with uh, uh, fecal matter on the glove. And uh, when you remove your finger, if there is fecal matter on the glove, or if your whole purpose in doing the rectal exam was to obtain a, a fecal um, specimen, then you certainly want to take that opportunity to test it for occult blood. Some places call it testing for guaiac. Okay? So you'd use your appropriate uh, testing cards um, or procedures for your, for your facility to send that for testing. Some places do it on the unit, some send it to lab, and there may be a new procedure that I'm completely unaware of. Um, this, these tests test for occult blood um, in the uh, fecal matter, which can be an indication of colon cancer. Um, when you're looking at feces, remember that bright red blood usually indicates rectal bleeding, and most of the time when you have bright red blood, it's a result of a hemorrhoid or a fissure. Black tarry stools indicate upper GI bleeding, and that's because the red blood cells end up becoming partially digested as they move through the digestive tract, and that's what gives it that tarry um, appearance. A gray, tan, or clay-colored stool indicates the absence of bile, which would be a gallbladder or a liver issue. Most times it's a gallbladder issue. Most times when, when folks eat a fatty food, the gallbladder Sensing this squirts out um, bile into the uh, from the bile ducts into the digestive tract, and then that bile helps to digest the fats. Um, if the if bile is not being uh, s uh, secreted because of either obstruction or lack of preparation of the bile or any other situation, the stool then will come out with this gray, tan, or clay colored. I used to be confused by, with the, by that clay color because I thought they meant the red clay like the soil gets when you have cl uh, soil that's clay soil. What they mean is modeling clay, that gray kind of modeling clay that you get um, f for craft projects. Um, 
Yellow or greasy stools may indicate that there's a malabsorption of fat. People who use those um, uh, weight loss, uh, over-the-counter weight loss drugs such as Ally often have this yellow or greasy um, stool because they're being, uh, uh, the, the fat absorption is being impaired by those drugs. Jelly-like uh, mucus indicates there may be inflammation in the GI tract, um, and this could be a real problem with Crohn's disease or other inflammatory situations like inflammatory bowel disorders. Um, and if the person is taking iron tablets, their stool may be this greenish, blackish, sticky stool. Um, and if they're taking Pepto-Bismol, uh, it may turn a black color because of the dye that's in the Pepto-Bismol. However, that does not, in, does not uh, indicate that there's any blood in the, in the stool in that particular instance. However, you, sometimes you don't know that until you've tested it. Our practice exam question for this week is I have a 65-year-old female. Um, she just had a bowel movement with a few drops of bright red blood. You assess her rectum and find moderately large hemorrhoids but no masses or lesions. You notify the primary health care provider, but what do you suspect causes the blood? Is it A, colon cancer, B, upper GI bleed, C, hemorrhoids, or D, iron tablets? The correct answer is C, hemorrhoids. Anytime there's bright red blood, it's more likely that it that hemorrhoids are the source of the blood. Um, it's a possibility um, that there is a cult, uh, cult blood. Um, if there is that possibility, then they you sh they should be as, as tested for that. Um, but uh, in this instance, the uh, bright red blood indicates that it is more than likely hemorrhoids, although it should still be reported. Um, remember that this will be posted as a slidecast and as a podcast, and you can subscribe to the podcast by clicking on the subscribe in iTunes or subscribe in Yahoo Music or whichever um, organizer you use at the bottom of the podcast link page. If you have any questions about any of the material in this slidecast, please contact me, and next week we will be discussing the musculoskeletal system.